Hello, everyone, and welcome. This is Let's Sleep On It, Reclaiming Parenthood, the podcast. And I'm your host, Taylor Kulik, a sleep and well-being specialist and occupational therapist. My mission with this podcast is to examine the parenting narratives that dominate our culture and grow together as parents. Here, we will talk about biological infant sleep, as well as many other parenting-related topics. And you'll also hear real empowering journeys from parents who are parenting against the grain. I hope that you walk away from each episode feeling inspired, empowered, and supported. Please remember that none of the information shared in this podcast is medical advice, and you should always speak with a trusted healthcare provider if you have any concerns. Let's dive into today's episode. Did y'all know that much like we have a gut microbiome, we also have a skin microbiome, which means we have tons of beneficial bacteria on our skin that protect us from pathogens. And did you also know that when you use harsh soaps and chemicals on your body, it can it can kill those bacteria and it can also create other imbalances, pH imbalances, et cetera, within the skin microbiome. So when I learned this information a couple of years ago, I stumbled upon Alivia skincare, and we have been using it exclusively ever since. So Alivia has body cleanser, so it's like a body wash. My entire family uses it, and not only actually do we use it on our skin as body wash, but we also use it for our hair. Like I don't have shampoo for my kids. I use Alivia for my kids. And I love Alivia because not only does it smell amazing, but it's 100% natural and organic. It's non-toxic. It's free of all artificial fragrances and dyes. It's environmentally friendly. And it's not a soap. It is a prebiotic body cleanser. So it actually helps support and nourish that skin microbiome. And it works so well, especially if you have sensitive skin. It can help with eczema, pariasis, body acne, things like that. We love the green tea honeysuckle scent. It smells heavenly. It's so amazing. I usually stock up and get like five bottles at a time so that I can get free shipping. And they last a really long time. Like five or six bottles will last me, my whole family, about a year or so. So you can go to alivia.com. That's A-L-E-A-V-I-A.com and use the code TaylorK15 and that will save you 15% off of all of your Alivia orders. Hello, everyone. I'm going to do just a brief episode today. It's going to be super quick. I wanted to just share a really interesting research study that I came across recently, um, and it is about sleep disordered breathing. So before we get into the research study, I wanted to quickly get you a definition of what sleep disordered breathing is for those of you who may not be familiar with that term. And so this definition is straight from the American Thoracic Society. Um, And they say that sleep disordered breathing refers to a wide spectrum of sleep-related conditions, including increased resistance to airflow through the upper airway, heavy snoring, marked reduction in airflow or um, hypopnea, and complete cessation of breathing, which is apnea. Um, Increased resistance to airflow without frank apnea has been referred to as upper airway resistance syndrome. uh, syndrome. There are apneas, hip hip apneas. Um, You can have like obstructive apnea, mixed apnea. There's lots of different types of 
apneas, that is that is a form. Those are forms of sleep disordered breathing, um, but it is not only sleep apneas that are considered sleep disordered breathing. So they go on to say that patients with sleep disordered breathing can experience daytime symptoms such as sleepiness or excessive somnolence, depressed mood, irritability, and cognitive dysfunction that can adversely affect health-related quality of life. Okay, so that is just a brief over overview of what sleep disordered breathing is. I have talked about this on several podcast episodes. I've had um, experts on to talk about this. This is something that is pretty common with children, unfortunately. Um, my children both have sleep disordered breathing symptoms, and we are addressing those. And I've shared a little bit about that experience in, um, if you are subscribed to my email newsletter is where I usually share about that. We're working to address that, but it is actually pretty common. And so um, previously, Research has been done about um, like sleep apnea and sleep disordered breathing in children, and it has been found that, let me find the number, um, or it has been estimated that like one to three percent, I believe it is, um, of children have sleep disordered breathing. But I just read a really interesting research article and it's titled The Incidence of Sleep Disordered Breathing Symptoms in Children from 2 to 19 Years of Age. It was published in 2016 in um, in the Journal of the American Orthodontic Society. And the authors are Brooke Stevens and Earl O. Bergerson. And what they found is that 90% of children aged 2 to 19 years old had at least one symptom of sleep disordered breathing. And so what were the symptoms that they um, that they measured? It was things like snoring, mouth breathing, waking up at night, um, falling asleep watching TV, poor ability in school, um, allergic symptoms, excessive sweating, hyperactive uh, mouth breathing during the day and night. So lots of different symptoms. And I think why this is so important is because, oh, and profuse sweating is a big one that I see with kids all the time, profuse sweating at night. So a lot of people aren't even aware that all of these symptoms are potential symptoms or signs of sleep disordered breathing. And it can impact the quality of sleep, but it also can cause behavioral issues and various other health issues. And so it's really a significant, significant issue and a significant health concern that can impact all areas of life. And so when we are seeing children with even one of these symptoms, it's important to try to figure out what is the cause of it and address that. And so they found that, and how many, I'm gonna see how many people, I forgot the number of children, that they um, they looked at. So they looked at 501 children and they had parents basically fill out a questionnaire that asked about 27 different sleep disordered breathing symptoms. And so they found that nine out of 10 of these children exhibited at least one of these symptoms. Um, the most common symptoms seen in these children were mouth breathing while sleeping, which was 43% of children, these children experienced mouth breathing while sleeping. That is a huge number. Snoring, 36% of children exhibited snoring. Snoring is a really big problem. I think that our society has normalized sleep disordered breathing so much. It has normalized these behaviors 
that are not normal and that are problematic and can contribute to health issues. And we've normalized them so much that so many people don't even realize that these are actually issues. These are actually not things that our children should be doing. I mean, I know a lot of parents kind of joke about their child snoring and say it's cute. And I get that, but it's actually not cute if you understand the physiological way that humans are designed to sleep and to breathe with their mouth closed and their tongue suctioned up. And we are designed to breathe through our nose. And what is happening when we're not doing that, when we're snoring, when we're grinding our teeth? So teeth grinding, 32.9% of these children grinded their teeth, Um, 33.3% toxin sleep. Um, So all of these all of these symptoms are very prevalent in children and a lot of them 40 percent they found were directly related to dentistry so things like mouth breathing at night mouth breathing during the day snoring teeth grinding so why am i sharing this i just think it's so important to know especially i am a parent i am a parent who is who is going through this with my own children um I have sleep disordered breathing, but my children also have sleep disordered breathing. And so we're working on addressing that because I have learned how important it is to address these symptoms, not only to improve their sleep. Of course, that is so incredibly important because they need to be getting quality of sleep, but to improve their behavioral symptoms, to improve their ability to focus and their attention and their overall quality of life and health, it is so, so important so important. So I just wanted to share that with you guys. I thought it was really fascinating because I think that these issues, these sleep, sleep disordered breathing issues are kind of are really underestimated. And this study really showed that it probably is being really underestimated and it's likely impacting a lot more children than previously thought. And so if we can just raise awareness about this issue and some of those, the signs of this issue, and if I would say that if you have a child who is experiencing any of these symptoms, my recommendation, like my recommendation for where I would go first would be to a holistic airway focused dentist. Um, that That's a, usually a great person to go to, especially if it's like more dental related um, symptoms like mouth breathing and things like that. Um, depending on the age of your child, there are appliances that that the dentist can prescribe for your child to help them with these symptoms. There are um, palate expanders and the Healthy Start appliance and the Myobrace and all kinds of different appliances that can be really helpful. My daughter just got her Healthy Start appliance a few months ago, um, and we're loving it so far. She wears it all night, um, and it is, it, it's helping her. So I can update you, you guys on that when we've kind of been she's been wearing it for a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, so I would see a an airway-focused holistic dentist. They have to be airway-focused because not all dentists understand the significance of some of these symptoms and why they matter so much. So that's all I have for you today. I just wanted to share this article. Nine out of 10 kids in this study were experiencing symptoms, at least one symptom of sleep-disordered breathing. So that is huge. Um, and, and there's, but the good news is, is there's, there's things we can do about it. And the the earlier that we can address it, the earlier that we can get to the root cause and, and get this problem solved, the better outcomes for our children. Um, this study also found that, that, um, 
over 90%, so 92, about 92% of these symptoms did not get better in time. So a lot of people and, and doctors will say this, you know, oh, it'll, it'll improve in time. It'll just let it go. It'll, it'll correct on its own as your child gets older. But this research shows that 92% of these symptoms do not self-correct with age. And it also showed that 30% of these symptoms actually got worse with the with age between the ages of four and 12, 30% of these symptoms actually got worse. And so this is really important to know and to try to get these, um, these symptoms addressed, try to get to the root cause early on. And it will help with your child's health and their learning ability and their sleep and their quality of life overall. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please subscribe and leave a review if you feel called to. It really helps our message reach more parents. You can also follow me on Instagram at Taylor Kulik for similar content or visit my website at www.taylorkulik.com. I offer online courses where we really dive into infant and toddler sleep holistically. And we also offer one-to-one holistic sleep support services if you're looking to improve your child's sleep or shift patterns without sleep training. If you know a parent who would benefit from this podcast, please share. And if you'd like to financially support this podcast to allow me to create more episodes more often, you can visit anchor.fm slash Taylor I hope you'll join me next time.